Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6, beginning at verse 26. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 26. And we're going to read through verse 40. Jesus answered, he says, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they ask him, and this is the key verses here, verses 28 and 29. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the works of God that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe it? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gave you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not lose, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. But raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. I think it's uh, always interesting to see how Jesus is able to see through what people are saying. He's, you know, and this group of individuals that have come here to come to this point to see Jesus. They, they are a very, a very inquisitive group, but many of them are there, uh, as we'll see, for, for various reasons. But he's able always to see through what is going on. I was uh, listening to this guy who was uh, writing or, or saying his commentary on, or his observations of a uh, talk show host. And he's, he's looking and listening to this talk show host, and the talk show host has a guest. So there's three people here an observer, a talk show host, and a guest. Well, the talk show host asks this woman, how do you keep a man? And the observer is thinking, why would he ask that of her? She's been married so many times, she has rice marks on her face. That's a little joke. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> She has rice marks on her face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is that why, you know, sometimes we ask advice of the wrong people. <laughs> you know, we're asking advice of the wrong individuals. And how can someone not see through the obvious? Well, Jesus could see through the questions that the people were presenting to him. Verse 26 says that, um, you are not here for a sign, 
that you will be changed by God. You are here because of the loaves. Now, if you... <coughs> excuse me. If you uh, look at these verses, these individuals um, were there because of the day before Jesus had... Uh, fed them the, you know, the five loaves and two fishes. Jesus had fed the 5,000 with five flat pancakes and two sardines. And so these people are very impressed. But they're following Jesus. They're, they're out for a free meal. They have come to be satisfied in their physical and in their earthly life, but they weren't there to be satisfied in their spiritual life. And Jesus tells them, it's not because you are hungry spiritually that you come after me and follow me, but you are here because you think there might be some benefit to you. And in the time of Jesus, and even today, there are those who use religion to gain their prestige or their comfort or even a political gain, and generally these are self-centered motives. And you can look at these individuals and sometimes we become confused. You know, we look at these individuals and, you know, sometimes people say that, that well, you know, the church or whatever, they're hypocrites. Well, uh, do you know what a hypocrite is? Well, the true meaning of a hypocrite is an actor, somebody who's pretending to be something. But a hypocrite, and this is another little joke there, so you can be ready to laugh. Okay, Ken? Are you ready? Yeah. This is a cue. I'm going to put up a sign that says laugh, okay? So you... Okay. <laughs> Every man needs a heckler in the crowd. Uh, but anyhow, a hypocrite is someone who complains about the violence, the promiscuousness, the foul language, and the people, and all those things that are on the movies that he watches on his own CD at home. <laughs> That's a hypocrite. <laughs> you know, he has their movies and he's, you know, okay. So, didn't make it? All right, yeah, don't quit my day job. <laughs> okay. Um, so life is, is a series of choices. Life is a series of choices, and sometimes we complain about them, and sometimes we make fun of them, sometimes we challenge them, and so on. But did you know that Wimber is the geographical center of the earth? Wimber is the geographical center of the earth. Because everything at the most is 12,000 miles from here. Every one of us have to travel the same distance. And do you know what? In Texas, what city are you from? Capel, which is close to Dallas. Dallas is the geographical center of the earth because everything is 12,000 miles from Dallas. Georgia, where are you at in Georgia? Atlanta. Everything, that's a geographical center of the earth because everything is 12,000 miles from Atlanta. What we're saying is, Everybody has to travel the same distance to get where they're going. Life is a choice. <laughs> Everyone has to travel the same distance. You know what? It's a little flatter in Texas than it is in Georgia, and it's a little flatter in Georgia than it is in Wimber. <laughs> so some people have to go up hills and downhills more than others, but it's all the same distance to where you want to go. You can't pick up the guitar, and I can't play the guitar like Ethan. You know why? because I've never practiced, and I haven't got a clue about music. So therefore, you just don't pick it up and it changes. It begins with practice, it begins with understanding, it begins with um, participation, it begins with dedication, and we find that those 
hours and those hours and hours of dedication turn into something good, turn into something unique with our own perspective. So each of us must travel our own distances to get where we want to go, but we all must make the choice. Now, there are many reasons that we'll say we don't want to, <laughs> just like the hypocrites in the church. There are many people who are hypocrites in the church, that's why I don't want to go. Well, there are always hypocrites. You, you know, you never hear anybody complaining about the hypocrites in the bar room. <laughs> you know, I just never hear anybody talking about the hypocrites. You know, I, I know some really big liars that go to the bars, you know? I don't go to the bars to hear their lies, but I mean, I know people have been, you know, they just talk about these people who lie constantly. It's like, well, where do they go? Well, they go and sit around and listen to them. You know, why? And it's the idea that somehow we have this perspective that we don't want to make choices. Well, many sincere seekers of God are puzzled about what God wants them to do. What is it that God wants me to do? And all of the religions of the world are man's attempts to answer that question. Jesus, his reply to that question is very brief and simple. He says, we must believe on him whom God has sent. We must believe on him whom God has sent. That's verse 29. The work of God is to do this, to believe in the one he has sent. So satisfying God does not come from the work that we do, but satisfying God comes from whom we believe. It comes from our belief. The work of God is to believe the one that he has sent. The scriptures that we read, it says this is where, you know, for me, when Jesus gives this declaration, this is where if I were Jesus, if I were God, I would politely send lightning down and just strike them all dead. You know, because verse 30 says, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It's not Moses who, who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's the Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Um, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. Well, there's, there's another verse here. Oh, verse, tw uh, verse 30, that's what I want. So they ask him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe? So Jesus tells them, you have to believe, that your work is to believe the one that he has sent. And then they say, well, what miraculous sign will you give us that we may believe? I have a question. What are they doing there? They just saw the day before 5,000 people, 5,000 men plus women and children, eating from five flat pancakes and two sardines. They already had the miracle, that's why they were there. And then they come up and, they, and Jesus says, you've got to believe on the person that God sent. And then they say, can you show us a miracle? <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you do some works of magic here again? <laughs> can you show us a miracle again so that we, so that we know that we have it right? Well, how easy we discredit yesterday. How easily we discredit what God has done in our lives already. And how do we reproach our relationship with God? Well, I know that we're not hung up on hypocrisy because if we were, 
uh, perhaps we wouldn't be here. And many, I am sure, are not declaring God give me some kind of sign, although I wouldn't mind one. Uh, but he already did give us one. We are sincere about the questions that we ask. You know, God, why do things ha- bad things happen to good people? Why do things happen the way they do now? So what are the things that God wants us to do? Jesus answered, the work God wants you to do is to believe on the one that Jesus and believing his word and his relationship with us is the foundational principle of who we become because it's the same distance for every one of us. It's the same distance for every one of us. Now we all have a measure of faith. God has given everyone by grace you save through faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. Through faith. Through faith. Now, um, how many have ever driven from here to Harrisburg on the turnpike? Okay. How many here built the road? (laughs) I know we did with the taxpayers' money. Yeah, okay, I paid for that road. (laughs) All right. But we didn't, we, you know, that road's already built. And what did we do? And if you go from here to Harrisburg, you go through three tunnels. Yes, there's three of them. Two of them are really close, but there's three of them. So you have to go from here to Harrisburg on the turnpike, you have to go through the tunnels. Well, we didn't make those tunnels, but we go through them. Jesus Christ has given to every one of us a measure of faith. We all have the same distance to travel, and we've got to use that faith that God has given us to take us to a destination. We've got to, by grace are you saved through faith. Capture me by your grace. Capture me by your grace. Through faith, God touches our lives. And you see, we're traveling. We are traveling a road of faith that God has already given us. And we don't have to create it. We don't have to find it somewhere. It's already ours because God has given to everyone a measure of faith, and we all must travel the same distance. We all must travel the same distance to the place in our own lives that will make a difference. And what is it that we have to do? What is it that God wants us to do? The work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent. To believe in the one that he has sent. To believe in Jesus. To believe in what his word tells us about our life, about our hope, about our future. You know, the public relations department of a beauty products company, this is a little story, okay, in case you, I didn't make, I didn't write this, somebody else did. I gotta lead you along here sometimes because I don't want you to get lost. Because on the road, sometimes I have some bypasses and I come back, some rest areas. So the public relations department of a beauty products company asked its customers to send pictures along with a brief statement describing the most beautiful woman they knew. Thousands of letters came in. One caught the attention of the employees employees, and was passed on to the president. It was written by a boy from a broken home who lived in a rundown neighborhood with lots of spelling errors and excerpts um, and 
excerpts from this letter read, A beautiful woman lives down the street from me. I visit her every day. She makes me feel like the most important kid in the world. We play checkers and she listens to my problems. She understands me. When I leave, she always yells out the door that she's proud of me. The boy ended his letter by saying, This picture shows you that she is the most beautiful woman in the world, and one day I hope to have a wife as pretty as her. Intrigued, the president asked to see the woman's picture. His secretary handed him a photograph of a smiling, toothless woman, while advanced in years, sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, sparse gray hair was pulled back in a bun. The wrinkles that formed deep furrows in her face were somehow diminished by the twinkle in her eyes. We can't use this woman, said the president. She would show the world that our products aren't really necessary to be beautiful. You're supposed to go, aww, aww. <laughs> so what are the things that God wants me to do? What are the things that God wants me to do? Much of our concepts of faith and church and religion is like the beauty company. And like those in the Bible that need just one more sign, just one more miracle. We judge, and we, and we, we judge and we are judged by performance. We have our own criteria as to what we think is of value and what is important and what is beautiful. And, but it, it isn't those things. It isn't one more miracle. It's understanding the words of what Jesus said to us and what he meant by them and how that he has given us his life and how that he has given us his word, the word made flesh and dwelt among us, and how that the scripture impacts our lives. You see, when it comes to spiritual matters, we often want more proof. But, you know, the proof that we want is often a personal affirmation based upon a God who would fit our expectations of what God should look like. <laughs> and if we set out and, and put an article out, well, what does God look like? Would we end up with the, with the boy in the picture of this woman? Would we end up saying that God looks like the person beside you, the people who have comforted you, the people who have encouraged you, the people who have, and you see, what have we done? We've done the works of God. We've believed in the one that God has sent. And that has changed our life. That when we look in the mirror of God's, mirror of God's word, we see and hear a reflection of what beauty looks like. We see and hear a reflection of what a godly person looks like. As we look in the scriptures, we find and we see a picture of what God looks like and his grace and his mercy and how that it affects our lives. And you see, we, have, we, we, we sometimes then, once we then begin to believe in, in this Jesus, then we somehow go into another realm that says, I'm not good enough. So it's like saying... There, there, we, we create these stumbling blocks in which we don't understand God and then we 
create us, and once we begin to understand his grace and his mercy to us, then we start saying, we're not good enough. <sighs> the work that God wants you to do is this, to believe. And belief is a state of mind which trusts, which exudes confidence, and it's placed in a person. And a belief is also an attitude of the heart that gives us a perspective of ourselves and of life. We have a belief in God that he has provided salvation for us and through us in Jesus Christ. We believe in God and doing something to get Jesus to love us <laughs> is failing to really understand what this belief is all about. Belief in Jesus is a package deal. If you believe in the one God sent, you must accept his terms. And his terms are grace and mercy. <laughs> his grace and his mercy. Religion is man's attempt to please God, and grace is God's terms for reaching down and touching us. Religion is based on doing, and God's grace is based on being. doesn't matter, excuse me, but it doesn't make God love you more or less, you being you. He loves you for who you are. His love is unlimited. His love is unconditional. His love is unchanging. His love is undeserved. Grace is God's way of looking at us and telling us you can't purchase it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough to, to merit it. But God is declaring everything he does for you, to you, in you, through you. Every single blessing that he brings into your life is a gift. It is a gift from God. And his gifts have brought us here. Not our failures and not our sins. It is his gift that has brought us this place in our life. It is his gift of love that has brought us here where our hearts are open and our minds are receptive and our spirits are willing to receive of what God has given to us. And we have found an opportunity. We have found an opportunity in which His grace will capture our hearts and set us free to become the person that God has called us to be. To set us free to become that individual that doesn't have limitations. That doesn't have a, a, a perspective of life that causes them to stumble and fall. It is a challenge of life that gives us an opportunity to say that God loves me. Gives us an opportunity to be that woman for that child that plays checkers and tells them how good that they can become. So what must we do? Like one individual says, what must I do to get to heaven? And the pastor says, you're too late. The idea is you can't do anything to get to heaven. Jesus has already done it. And all we have to at this point is believe on the one that Jesus has that the one that God has sent. This is the work that God has for you to believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one that he has sent. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Christ who died who rose again from the dead. I believe in the one who has, by grace, 
looked upon my life and said, I love you. I forgive you. I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for your life. By grace are we saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So the path that we travel is a path that faith has already given us. It is a faith that every one of us have because God has placed it in our hearts. We all have the ability to believe. You believe you can or you believe you can't, but you believe. And you will pass through that belief to your destination. But God inspires our hearts. He inspires us and he empowers us and he challenges us that it's not all going to happen overnight, just like playing the guitar, right, Ethan? Didn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know, and just like anything else, it doesn't happen overnight. But it's, it's, a, it's the ability to challenge ourselves to change. It's the ability that we have to challenge ourselves to read and to, and to aspire to become, to, to look at our life and saying, this is not all there is. There's more for me to become. And it's these things that challenge us and change us from the inside out. One individual, he calls it uh, Automobile University. <laughs> Do you know what Automobile University is? Those are the tapes and the books and everything we listen to on our, in our cars as we travel. Automobile you. <laughs> we're always learning, we're always growing, and whatever we listen to, whatever we read, we will become. We will become. So surround ourselves with God's word. Surround ourselves with God's praise. Surround ourselves with God's love. And maybe someday we will rejoice. <laughs> if not here, we will in heaven. In heaven. Imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. What's heaven going to be like? It's a place of celebration. It's a place of life. It's a place where love, <laughs> you know, this is what the song says is love is as free as the air. <laughs> and that Jesus is the light of heaven. And it's a place where we are going to live forever, knowing and being and becoming what God has for us. We do not despise our past because our past has brought us here. We do not hold on to our failures of the past because God will forgive us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So let go of the past, the wrongs of the past. Let them go. We have hope for the future. Hope for the future that God has a purpose for our life. And the purpose and the work of us is to believe in the one that God has sent. We have a home prepared for us. We have a future. God knows what it is. So therefore we come back to the present. And in the present... We have power to change. It's the same distance for all of us to reach, the same, to reach destinations. And we've got to pass through. We travel through faith to those destinations. We have power in the present to make one choice at a time. To practice every day. To practice. And you know what? 
Sometimes our dreams, don't, the things we dream about don't happen, but the dreams change. The dream doesn't change. Things that we are doing change, but the dream never changes. <laughs> you know, I, I once thought, I went to college, when I went to college, I went to be a football player and a, and a, and a football coach. <laughs> but my dream of working with people didn't change. Just the venue changed. I'm not a football coach, but I guess I'm a coach of a different color. <laughs> An inspiring coach that makes life an opportunity. And it's and what does God do? And so our dreams, well, the things, the things that we may look at, they may change, but the character of the person is able to continue doing and dreaming. For God gives us big dreams that you cannot fulfill on your own. Because if we could do them on our own, we don't need God. So with God's help, we dream big dreams. Travel the faith, the road of faith, through the faith that he's given us to a destination he has for us. Forgive the past, hope for the future, power in the present. 